0: Well, good morning, another good morning here. And I hope you got up early as I did if you're joining me on the live. I don't wanna be here alone. It's always nice to enjoy the time alone with the Lord in the morning like this. I'm hoping you're enjoying Nehemiah 8 as much as I am here. If you would, um, uh, (laughs) thank you, John. Uh, I would like to hear from those that are enjoying Nehemiah 8 or any portion of Nehemiah 8. Let me know in the chat in the comments. That would be great of, of what you're enjoying. Been, last Yesterday, we took up about the first eight verses of, of Nehemiah 8, and today we're going to continue on through the eighth chapter. And so I wanted to just kind of find out if there's anybody enjoying anything on Nehemiah 8, I would love to hear about that as well. And we'll continue on here in Nehemiah 8. But before we did, I thought I'd like to give a quick little recap of of yesterday. As I said before, some of these truths, some some portions you come across, I come across, and I find it's like a fine steak. And in in a fine steak, it's something where I like to just just really slice that fine steak real thin slices and really enjoy the savor of it. This is what I see in Nehemiah uh, chapter 8. So let's just look a quick little recap on that. We found in the first nine verses or so that the word of God was requested by the people. We read that in the in the first verse, it was, and they came as one man. And then we also understood that they all stood to hear the word of God as well and they that they gave reverence to hearing the word of God and and again this leads us to the third point is they give this they the 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 men on the platform there gave the sense of the meaning they caused to understand this was new for these people even though they were Jews even though they were they had come back from Babylon many had lost the Hebrew language and so this was very foreign to them to see to hear the words of God for the first time. And and it's just so beautiful how these men that were on the platform we read last time there, and we saw, I believe there's about 13 of them on the platform there that, that are helping Ezra read the scriptures, and, and that was a beautiful thing. And then we see, you know, they're all standing together on this as well, and we read in the ninth verse, we will read in the ninth verse again about Nehemiah and Ezra standing together then we find out the reaction to the hearing of the word of god they are weeping and and they're saying that let the sadness be let your sadness be turned to joy too mourn not nor weep right and so it's because of the fact that knowledge of of who they are turns to the t- turns to lost requests from jehovah for centuries so they 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 find that they have lot they've been losing they've lost something for centuries ever since er, ever since joshua's day more or less it could be there's some things that we're going to read about today that they had lost these things and they were just so so down about it after hearing the words of god it impacted their their soul Uh, that day. So let's get into the portion before us here. We're going to pick up around the ninth verse. Uh, and, And Nehemiah, who was governor, Ezra the priest and the scribe and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, Eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy. To our Lord, do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm just going to cap- capitalize that. You know, this you know, the, the God brings a different, if you could say, religion to man, and that is, we are not to sorrow. We're to have the joy of the Lord. That's what helps us along the way, is the joy of the Lord. Who he is in the glory, waiting for us, lovingness, etc., is, is the joy of the Lord. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. That is important, that is important, is to understand the words of God, and that's the premise of of being able to open the Word of God and explain the Word of God, and we mentioned last time how it's, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, right? And so it's going to be explaining itself and to be able to do that in a methodical way so that people can come away and know that the scriptures are tied together, there is tying together in the scriptures from cover to cover. But they understood the words that were declared to them, and certainly it's in their own language as well. Now, here's the interesting thing as we get through the chapter eight here. Now it says the feast of tabernacles. Okay, we're going to learn about about the feast of tabernacles a little bit here. Now, on the second day, the heads of the fathers, houses of all the people, with the priests and Levites, were gathered to Ezra, the scribe, in order to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in during the feast of the seventh month, should dwell in booths, that is, dwell in booths, right, during the feast of the seventh month. And if you go back to the first verse, they're sitting there in the seventh month already and that they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of oil trees, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of leafy trees to make booze, as it is written. And the people went out and brought them and made themselves booze, each one on the house roof of his house or in the courtyards or in the courts of the house of God, and in the open square of the water gate, and in the open square of the gate of Ephraim. Just think about that. They all went out, and they were grabbing branches from all over the place, and all of a sudden there's makeshift tents everywhere. They're going to live in these tents for seven days or so. So the whole assembly of these those who had returned from the captivity made booze and sat under the booze for since, I'm going to highlight this, for since the days of Joshua the son of Nun until the day The children of Israel had not done so, and there was very great gladness. Okay? Very interesting there. Is they find in reading the word of God, and the elders found it that they had not taken up with the Feast of Tabernacles. This was something that was instituted back in the day by Moses through God, and it was to the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness And the purpose of it is, is when you come into the land once a year is to gather in and sit in your booth instead of your house to remember what it was for your fathers who came through the wilderness and God sustained them in the wilderness. Isn't that beautiful? God sustained you in the wilderness. So remember that. Remember that. So even though you're going to be living in your plush houses and such like that, remember that there was a time your fathers were sustained in the wilderness. And you're to do that, for you'll be able to feast and, and do it with great gladness. The 18th verse, and also day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read from the book of the law, and they kept the feast seven days, and on the eighth day there was a sacred assembly according to the prescribed manner. Isn't that beautiful to have Seven days of feasting and rejoicing with one another in the knowledge that God had given them this ordinance, if you will, for a particular purpose. So, how does this apply to today? How does this apply to today where we're sitting here and today we're in, we just entered a new year, 2024. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this on the rewind, but needless to say, We're well over 2,000 years since the Lord Jesus gave, we're close to 2,000 years since the Lord gave his promises to us about him coming back for us. And this, this premise, this beautiful thought of the Lord Jesus coming back for us was recovered in the early 1800s. And so they had the same rejoicing as what these ones had because there had been something that had been lost for near, over 1,800 years, and that is the Lord Jesus coming back for us. And that's a special thing, to come back for us. Now, there's a coming back with us as well. That is clearly in Scripture. That's absolutely true. He's coming with his saints in glory, right? But to come for us is a different facet of that same episode, okay? And so the early saints or the saints that were recovering this truth back in the early 1800s were also finding out truths that apostle Paul was given that had been lost and that is Christ is your head in glory, right? You find that in Colossians. And then and then the apostle Paul was given another truth is that in in 1 Corinthians 15 that there's to be a resurrection f- from among the dead. That's different of a resurrection of the dead. There's from among the dead. And so that truth was recovered as well. And then again in 1 Corinthians 11, another truth was recovered. This do in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. And there was another truth that was recovered. A lot of these truths, all these truths have been lost for the most part throughout eighteen hundred years, eighteen centuries. They were quickly given up in in the in the early days, if you will, the first hundred two hundred years of of Christianity. these have been given up, and yet now they're being recovered and rejoiced upon just like what these these dear saints of God that were in Jerusalem at this time, they recovered this and there was weeping at first and then there was rejoicing. And it says they hadn't done this since the days of Joshua hundreds of years before, four or five, I, I know it's more like seven, 800 years. They hadn't looked it up in terms of how long was that when the days of Joshua. So this is a beautiful thing to see and and we, we recognize the fact is, is that there have been truths that have been recovered here in the last 180 to 200 years now that we now rejoice in. And I can personally say myself that I have enjoyed being able to be under the sound of these truths for most of my life. And it has brought great joy to me and great humbleness as time has gone on, the honor of that. You know, it's a, it's a privilege to see that. And I will share with you another uh, another phrase that we picked up yesterday, too. And that is, you'll never find that men grow in knowledge in a false position. And why is this? Why do I bring this up? Because the children of Israel at this time for 80 years or so. So Ezra brought brought uh, Zerubbabel brought the first batch back. Then Ezra brought the second batch back. And then Nehemiah's uh, coming back as well. We find that men were in a false position at the time. The wall had not been built. and now we're in a position where the wall is has been built. The doors were put up, the gates and the porters were put in place. They are in a right position. they can gain in their knowledge. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It's absolutely beautiful to see to see that. and then and then lastly, here too, this is something that has really been striking too. We must remember our condition as sinners, but we are to enjoy our condition as saved. Isn't that sweet? We must remember our condition as sinners. Don't ever get too far from the fact that I once was lost, but now I'm found, right? But we are to enjoy our condition as saved. And you can refer to Ephesians 2, verses 11 through 18 on that. Okay, so those are some interesting things as we get through here and that is to see that the, the whole assembly, the whole assembly returned, they kept me booze and sat into the booze. They acted, this is the beautiful thing is, they acted now on, on what they knew. Isn't that beautiful? Is they acted on what they knew. And it's so beautiful to see that when you find something out and you look in the word of God and you say, wow, I see it, and then you act on it, that knowledge and appreciation, knowledge of the Word of God and appreciation for Christ, come hand in hand, and the Holy Spirit just guides along, and that's where joy, true joy, comes in. Okay, well, that's well, that's that's just wrapping up everything that I had on chapter eight. There, that's the second second part of of, of Nehemiah eight. On the second day, the, the ones got together, the chief of the fathers, the people, the priests, the Levites, they all came to Ezra. They found these truths and in turn were able to teach these truths. And the whole congregation was able to enjoy a feast for seven days. <clears throat> and it says there, and then in verse, end of verse 17, as they're sitting in their booze, and there was very great gladness, very great gladness. And God wants us to be joyful. He wants us to be joyful. It's a beautiful thing to be joyful because that's what he wants. He wants us to be longing for him. And if I'm not longing for him, if I'm caught up with the things of this world, if I'm not longing for him, I'm missing the joy. Because there'll be, be a day very, very soon here where he's going to come for me. He's gonna come for you if you know the Lord Jesus is your savior. And then when he comes for you, he's going to look at you for the first time face to face. You're going to see him, those wounds in his hands and the wounds in his side that were wounded for you and wounded for me. They're going to be fresh wounds. And to see that and your appreciation for him is just going to go through the roof at that time too. But oh, to get a glimpse of that now. Oh, to get a glimpse of that. So I hope that that this has been very helpful for you as we finish up, wrap up eight here. I look forward to catching you on the chapter nine, but if you do have something you have been enjoying along the way in this book or in chapter eight, let me know, throw it in the comments because I love hearing about, I love hearing about what someone has been enjoying as well. Methodically, with your underline, hopefully your underline as you go along too, like I have done over the years, and, and just share little nuggets along the way. Chapter 9 will be kind of a little bit of a continuation of this. And so with that, I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow, if the Lord will. And we'll catch you then and chat. May the Lord be with you. Just look through the day and say, how can the Lord use me today? How can the Lord use you today as well? Because he needs our help. I mean, he really uses us as a vessels. We'll talk to you.